Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Bulldogs Fans Podcast. I'm Scott and I'm joined by Matt. I'm just got, I'm not going to even ask how you're going because the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs 16 defeated the Sydney Roosters 12 at a cool stadium on Saturday night. So the answer yep. would be you're doing well. <laughs> what a well, what a game! What a night! Uh, it almost went pear shaped at the end, but um, very, very good to get the win. It was a good win for the club. It, you know what? It's I, don't, I still think there's sometimes nothing better than beating those Roosters. I don't yeah. like them. I don't like them at all, especially when they're hot favourites to win and they were expected to win quite comfortably. And then some of the calls. I'll tell you what. Actually, I wasn't very. Really, I had a mate who was a who's a Roosters fan who was at the game. Mm. said he's so glad the Bulldogs held on because he said it would have felt like a defeat after some of those horrendous calls going our way. Horrendous yeah. calls. He goes, what's def- a forward pass? Definitely would have felt ho- uh, hollow. Um, but yeah, Rooster scored one try off a forward pass, um, another try off a knock-on, and mm. almost got a third try off a, off a forward pass again. Can I say, actually, I watched the uh, presser with Trent, Rob- Trent Robson. Yeah, that's his yeah. name. Um, he... Uh, Credit to him because they asked him about the last no try, mm. and he his response was quite good. He said, "What did he think?" Because he looked very shocked. On for the people who yeah. the reason they asked him, he looked shocked. He actually said, um, "He said, do you want my honest views or thing?" Yeah. They asked for honest, and he said, first of all, he goes, I heard he goes, I saw a player get he goes Burton getting taken out, and he goes, it was announced on the big on by the bunker, but then we're playing on, and he goes, so he goes, that's been a penalty all year. Because then we're playing on. So he goes, so the Bulldogs, he goes, unlucky, got an unlucky call to go for that far. And then he goes, he saw the pass, he goes, saw it live, and he goes, he falls forward, he goes, looked on the big screen, he goes, oh gosh. He said he couldn't believe it went f- past that stage again. He goes, that was, he goes, a meter, two meters forward. So he goes, we got away for another one. Mm. And then he goes, the ground of the ball, and he goes, his foot was on the line. He goes, Burton may have made contact with his head, but he goes, when you talk about the foot on the line, the obstruction earlier, and the forward pass they got away with. Yeah. He goes, they were. He goes almost due for it. He goes, he, he thinks Burton actually did swing and hit the head of Sawali. Um, but yeah. He said they're due to get get away with one. He goes after we got three. He goes how it got that far. He didn't know. So yeah. He goes long answer short. Definitely a no try because you can pick which one. Why it's a no try. <laughs> yeah. Look, absolutely. I, I it was definitely Burton definitely hit him in the head, and I was waiting for it. I was waiting for the penalty try to come. At one point, I was going, great. It's not going to be a try. It's not uh, and give the Roosters a chance to, to win the game from a sideline conversion. It's going to be a penalty try and kick right in front. Um, but I think also perhaps the bunker purposely had a little overlook there um, on purpose to make sure that the uh, the call went the Bulldogs' way after so much went against us. Well, actually, though, when you say the bunker, the bunker mentioned that Burton got checkered. I think it was the words they used, but we're going to play on to this point. Yeah. So they admitted that he was taken out, and they're playing on. Mm. So they definitely waited to the very end to make a call. Yeah, possibly. Um, there's incidental contact, maybe that's what they went with. I'm not sure. Um, but if you look at the everything Trent Robinson just said, I don't need to say it again. Plus the two tries that the Roosters got earlier, uh, it did feel a little bit like um, the bunker feeling like we have to give this Bulldogs way. Well, they had to because Luke Carey threw one what went so far forward, and then he th- I think he threw two in the same play. Oh, it wasn't him. It was 
there was two passes in that play. Both, yeah. He I'm threw one of them. He threw one and Walker was the other one? Because yeah, I swear it was so. a half. Yeah, one was forward. And you could you could live with the first one a little bit, I thought. Like, it was forward. But mm. it was, you know, they got away. With, they got lucky with one. And then the second one, disbelief. They could even see out of car on the wing. He was so much thinking it's no try. It was that obvious. Yeah. But the Roosters end up scoring off it. And I'll tell you. Probably because the Bulldogs players didn't react probably the best to it. One part of the night that was a little bit disappointing was only uh, nine and a half thousand people showed up to the game, uh, so that that was uh, quite disappointing. But in saying that, the atmosphere was brilliant at a core stadium uh, on Saturday night. Uh, I, Bulldogs Roosters game. I don't think I've been to a game between uh, those two, well, yeah, those two clubs uh, with so much uh, passion in the stands for a very long time. Mm. Uh, for over a decade, probably. So it was, it was great to see that. Like these are the games that rivalries are built on. So I'm sure this 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 close game will be brought up next time the two teams play, and for a couple of years afterwards as well. Um, but yeah, I'll tell you what, it was it was a really great night. Um, in saying that, though, I did think at one stage we're going to have a riot. <laughs> I did feel like the uh, the fans were ready to jump the fence at the end and uh, and talk to the officials. That's for sure. Well, you couldn't blame... I mean, you, no violence, but Jesus, the officials made it very hard for the fans to keep cool because that was... There was some very, very yeah, poor cause. Uh, but in saying that, turning into a positive, years gone by, we get one bad call or one 50-50 call go against us, heads go down, other team scores, Bulldogs lose type of attitude. And it's been for the last few years that we, 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 we've got to react better... And most fans say against poor calls going against us. Yeah, and on and Saturday night we did. We did, and um, you're 100% right. It's good to see, and I was going to get into this a bit later, but it's good to see the resilience uh, of the team to overcome those bad calls, stay in the game, not let the Roosters um, you know, run home with a wet sail and, and win by two or three tries, which would have happened uh, probably in the last... Larks two seasons for sure. So like that was a great great signs from from the team themselves. But uh, in saying that, some of like back to back, really really poor calls. I think it was a little bit more than just uh, the feeling amongst the fans was a little bit more than just um, you know poor calls are going against us um, or fifty fifty calls are going against us, and it felt like it was almost cheating. No, mm. oh, it did. It was some of us thing. But what about um? What do you think about Trent Barrett on the sideline there? I felt like he was going to jump into the crowd at one stage <laughs> after the win. Oh, I'll tell you what. Uh, you're bringing up um, T-Baz. So, I, during the game, I, I, like, you know, obviously you're swept up in it, right? It's, it's all happening in front of you. Um, and you just, you just, like I said, it felt like if we'd lost that game, uh, it wasn't just a couple of bad calls. It was it was cheating against us. That's That's how bad it felt during the game. Uh, and I saw Fred Barrett come down on the sideline. I think he came down when we were, we were up by a couple of tries. Um, but he came down on the sideline. It was great to see the passion, um, the way he reacted to the win with the players, with the fans as well. Uh, you know, he's put in a lot of hard work. Whether uh, you know, It doesn't matter what you think about Trent Barrett. Uh, either way, he's done a lot of hard work. So good to see some pressure lift off his shoulders. Good to see him enjoying himself. Good to see him getting a result. But I went home and watched uh, the mini the next day, right? Put on a KO mini and wanted to see what the commentators were saying about a 
few uh, things that happened during the game. Uh, wanted to see, yeah, just to take a few things for that. I don't always watch the minis after games, but uh, this one I did. Um, that's a lie. I probably do watch it all the time. <laughs> but a um, couple of things that stood out to me. Number one, how loud the crowd was coming through the TV. Nine and a half thousand. The crowd was going off, and you could feel that in the stadium. But sometimes, in such a big stadium with a smallish crowd like that, it could be lost on the on TV. It wasn't, so that that stood out to me. Second was um, during that final that final no try. They split the screen into three, showing Trent Robertson, Trent Barrett, and obviously what the bunker was looking at. My heart almost broke for Trent Barrett. Mm. Well, you could see him thinking. Oh, that's a try, and he's he's give um puts his hands in his head in his hands, uh, and then the Bulldogs players see the foot on the line and jump up, and he sort of stands up a little bit more professionally, I guess, and then they show it again, and he throws his hand out and points to it in a little bit of excitement. Uh, that's what I felt really bad for Trent Barrett, um, poor guy. Mm. Do you know what? This week I almost gave um, players points for actually not participating in the game, and I'll explain. Jackson Topini, who uh, was the 18th man. You watch the replays after they confirmed that was a no try and then the full time siren, and you get looks of Trent Barrett. I don't think I've seen a happier player mm. who did not play in a game just to be around the victory. And I think it's creating a good culture. This is what I'm really highlighting. I'm joking about the points, giving it to uh, players who are not in the game. Raymond maybe, Talamara. Maybe, uh, what was it, Nico Hines that won a grand final and didn't get on the field? <laughs> yeah, and the origin, he was in part of the origin yeah, yeah. man as well. Yeah, yeah Nico. Yeah. Uh, so Jackson's open, which means it's a good culture. It means they want to see, yeah. if they're not involved, like they're not physically involved in that particular yeah. game and winning as squads and stuff yeah, like the that. The club going in the right direction. Yep, yep. And then Raymond Fatale Mariner, the person who's had an injury since round three last year, and he's, you know, he's on the he's on the mend. He's back to running again. So hopefully yeah. that means he can come back soon. Mm-hmm. On the uh, on his chair at a core stadium in the uh, player closure box, hands in the air, stretching out, really embracing the fans after the win. Um, and that's also good to see. I mean, maybe Raymond could take it a little bit easier. Like we need him maybe to get back out there. But he was he was swept away with that as well. He was a part of the, it. Felt it looked like mm. he was a fan, dressed very nicely because they dress quite nicely when they're not playing. Um, side note, but he was swept away, and I thought, wow, I could I could almost give these two boys some points. Just for the good culture going through the club and how excited they were that they they won. Yeah, yeah. So. It, was, it was a great night though, wasn't it? Uh, mm. it? It had the potential to be one of the worst nights, but it was great to be out there. Um, and you know, during these hard times, and we've said it a million times before, but during these hard times, the, the nine thousand five hundred that went to that game, you know, that's the memory, right? That's what that's why you go every week. And once it starts turning around and the Bulldogs start climbing that ladder. Um, you know, that's the game everyone will look back to. Mm. And that's the game that no matter what happens for the rest of this year, at the end of the season, that's the game we'll look back to as um as quite you know, quite important, mm. quite a big event. So uh yeah, I'll tell you what, what a game. And to beat the Roosters, that's right. It's always good to beat the Roosters. And the thing that um I almost looked at immediately after was 16 12, one point away. Probably uh, scoreline of 04. Oh, yes, the Roosters getting 13. <laughs> I didn't even think of that, eh? Hey? Yeah, yeah. So, the, the thing 16 was, might be the lucky number against the Roosters for the dog. I was just glad that we were, we actually got to equal teams when I looked at the ladder. Like, we're on the bottom. Yeah. But we're equaling teams. 
and then very, very thankful for the Melbourne Storm. Being yeah, the so week, damn dominant. The weekend couldn't have gone any better for a Bulldogs fan. Yeah. <laughs> Except for maybe the Dogs winning in a way that wasn't so um, heart-wrenching. <laughs> yeah, in saying that, like you said, like, I don't know, like, you always look back and then you enjoy the games where you think, geez, you know, we didn't get, we did it sometimes the tough way, or not that we did it the tough way, we got dudded some calls and we still won. Yeah. Like, how good is that? And, you know, the players knew they were, you know, dudded with some calls and they with, still got the victory. That large try, if the Roosters got that try and won, uh, the feeling was similar to the Easter game with uh, James Graham. Yes. That penalty with Reynolds. That's what it was like. So if you weren't there, uh, you're wondering what it was like um, at that moment. That's, yeah. That's the first thing that came to my, uh, while the bunker was reviewing that no try. Uh, that's what I was thinking. Um, mm. But anyway, um, let's get into maybe some performances <laughs> of the players. Uh, let's start with our three, two, ones, and then we can throw in any uh, extra any extra performances that we want to yeah. highlight as well. So yeah. you start off, Scotty. Well, I'm giving three points uh, to one of the co-captains, the Fox, Josh Adokar. I thought he was mm. outstanding. The intercept try. I love a good intercept try. He got um, another one uh, where he barged over out of a little bit of nothing type of... Two two drive. pieces of smart play, wasn't it? That, um, yeah. Noticing uh, the, was it the centre that was on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it Farnsworth? I can't remember. Farnsworth plays for Brisbane. It was Marley. It was Marley. Uh, on the ground, uh, near the play of the ball, to spot that, it'll go down a two-metre channel. Very smart play by Adekar. Mm. And then um, also the intercept. That was a, a game-changer, wasn't it? Really mm. was. It changed the um, the way the game was heading. Uh, good start by the Bulldogs. The Roosters were starting to come back, and you figure, oh, here we go. Here we go. Here comes the, uh, the Roosters to come over the top of us, and then for him to... Um, you know, off the scrum, I joked to you that it was a set play, the knock-on by Ockenbaugh to um, Rooster scrum <laughs> yeah, to intercept that. out of car. Uh, but no, that, that intercept, uh, it was early on, but it, it, it massively shifted um, the way the rest of the game played. Yeah, I reckon good homework from out of car, and yeah, I don't know if Trent Barrett was involved in that, because Sam Walker a lot does like those Harbour Bridge-type passes. Well, it's a perfect storm because Zadokar likes to defend that way too, doesn't it? We've, yeah. It's actually been a frustration of mine throughout the season. He's been caught infield a long way. Uh, and there's been a lot of space on the outside of him in, in some of the games, um, which has annoyed me a little bit. But uh, perfect, perfect combination there. The Walker, Walker, like you just said, uh, having his issues there. Zadokar loves the rush in the defence. And yeah, pulled it off. It was really, really good dunk. Well done. Uh, two tries, as you said. 10 runs, 163 metres, five tackle breaks, one line break. Um, yeah, but those two tries, one kick for three metres as well. But those two tries, um, how good were they? Oh, they were outstanding. And people could say, I heard some criticism already, and said, don't get too excited. Well, look, you scored a couple of tries of no attacking um, real shape or anything like that or set plays. But, you yeah. know, great wingers can make big impacts. Sometimes, you know, wingers can get caught not – being able to be involved as much, well, and Adokar to take the intercept and then score, like you said, off that channel. That's yeah. just really smart, heads up, eyes up type of football. It's See a an good opportunity and go for it. It's a good point though. Um, that that the Bulldogs score two tries off off no real shape. Um, 
But what what you'd have to come to uh, to say about that is that uh, it's good to see that the players that we've brought individually have started to do their thing for the Bulldogs. Mm. Um, the team playing as a, a team, we, we've always known that the gelling's going to take a while. Mm. So to see yeah. the players in that sort of form, to see the players defend that way and have that much uh, passion in the jersey, have that much grit in defence, yes, we need to gel better going forward, but we always knew that wasn't going to happen to the second half of the season anyway. Uh, just to see that performance is what Bulldogs fans, I think, definitely deserve to be excited about. Absolutely. It's not getting too far ahead of yourself. Um, long way to go for the Bulldogs, but it was a great win against a much more fancy opponent. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, sure. Well, hopefully that, that gelling, you know, I'm sure that gelling will continue to happen uh, and we will start to see some good team tries. But at the moment, uh, individual performances uh, are getting better. There's no two ways about that. Uh, and, and the other thing about um, gelling is that you gel better and you play better as a team once you start building some confidence. And this was a massive confidence win going forward. That's true. Um, very, very true. Yeah, and I'm not, I'll tell you what, we'll get into the Raiders later. <laughs> We're going to get down a hole there. Two points. I've gone with Matty Burden, Scotty. Matty Burden? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, Matty um, Burden Two points for me. You've got to confirm um, your three points for the listeners, though. Oh, Adokar as well. I agree with you 100% yep. there. Uh, look, he started to run a bit more. Nine runs, uh, which is quite high for Burton so far at the Bulldogs. His kicking game was tremendous. Um, I feel like that combination with Flanagan's coming along. Uh, Flanagan becoming a distributor uh, to try to unlock players like Burton and Dufty. That's obviously the plan. Flanagan was talking about that post-match. Uh, 18 kicks, 662 kick metres. But I think the two kicks that stand out for me, Scotty, were obviously the 40-20. Uh, just an incredible mm-hmm. kick. That was a... I don't know if it came through on the TV as well as it was at the stadium, but it was quite an odd kick for a 40-20. It was a torpedo punt that was perfectly aimed into the corner. Yeah, because um, I was going to say, usually you get those long drill sometimes kicks where they go head height or just over, you know, six, seven yeah. feet in the air, and then it goes and bounces into touch. And so that, also, went up and, that went up high and then into touch. Also, you normally see it as an end-over-end end kick, so you can sort of try to control the way the ball bounces yes, over the sideline yeah, or off the outside of the boot trying to get the, the reverse curve going over the sideline. Um, yeah. To see it goes torpedoing down the field uh, and then for him to land it perfectly and then... Um, go over the sideline just as the winger was coming, uh, which I don't think the winger actually knew that was inside the 40 if you go back and watch that again. Second kick was um, for the win, that last kick at the end. Uh, I think it was, again, he went for a similar type of kick for as much distance as he could. Uh, under pressure, he knew that the wrestlers would be coming at him. Everyone knew it was going to burn and Just, uh, you know, gets that kick off perfectly and then uh, runs down in defence. It shows that, um, you know, that desperation uh, to get the win and to see the boys celebrate there. I think uh, two points for Berto. Yeah, nice. I've gone two points uh, to Aaron Shop. Mm. Now, this guy's had... Uh, we've had our opinions earlier. He should have been in top grade from round one. Should have found somewhere in the back line 
Two games yeah. in a row on the left, too, without a car. That's exciting going forward. They're the, to me, they're the most excited. Like, shop, you know, he's got that, you know, that, like, he's got a bit of an offload. He's a very confident young young man as well. And I think, you know, he would be the, I think he brings out the best out of the car as well um, with that. But his defense against Joey Manu, he um, kept Katoni Stags, now Joey Manu, pretty tamed the last two weeks. They're two elite centers in the competition. Two, especially with Joey Manu, an international. New Zealand international player, uh, grand final winner. Katoni Stakes has been around a, a bit longer than Aaron Shop. These are, they're no easy feats for well, any. Stakes is international too, for Tonga. So. There you go. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, so, so, couple of international centers in a, in a row, two weeks in a row. Um, and, you know, he's definitely playing himself in, to a spot, you know, one of those classic things you get yourself an opportunity um, via injury, uh, suspension, COVID. Mm-hmm. Whatever way you get through it, you you perform like that. The people coming back from injury and suspension, they're the ones you know have to go back down the reserves and wait for a, a a chance to get that spot because he's defense. And then at the end there as well, just to highlight something, mm-hmm. uh, after the try was scored, Manu screamed at Aaron Shops and jo- Joseph Sawali screamed at Aaron Shops' face. He kept his cool. He just kind of stood there, took it, waited, saw the no try. Still kept his cool. You know, the game still, you know, because once mm. it went back to the no try, it went from a minute and a half to three minutes or whatever, 3.15, because, you know, buying both the time that was lost due to that no try. Mm. Just for those who didn't understand why the, if you were at the game and you saw the clock go, and then back up again. Um, Aaron I think Trent kept, Barrett understood either. <laughs> He's talking to the official on the sideline. Yeah. Aaron Shop kept his cool, kept his cool, and then when mm. that last kick came in and the tackle was made, Aaron Shop turned... Looked at his good mate Joey Manu banging on his chest with the Bulldogs logo, and he waited to the very end before you know you celebrate. Um, so a lot of things on social media. It's this is it up with social media posts as well. Yeah, it's it's interesting one because I wouldn't think that's in Joey Manu, Joey Manu's character. I don't think I've ever seen that type of reaction from Manu before. Um, and when I first saw it, um, because I was just when that, when that try happened, that no try happened for the Roosters at the end, I was just like <laughs> pissed off about four pass. Wasn't looking at the fighting. So when I saw it on KO that that happened, my initial reaction was, "Oh, there must have been a lot of talk out there, a lot of banter between the two, and, and it's it's boiled over." And then I heard Victor Radley be interviewed, and uh, I think it was on the Matty John show, and he said, um, "Was that the question was put to him? Was there a lot of talk out there?" And he goes, "No, not really. Between the two teams, it was quite quiet." So really bizarre by Manu for mine. Mm, yeah, it was a bit unlikely, but yeah, Aaron Shop waited to the very, very end before mm. you know he celebrated. I think he taught those two boys a bit of a lesson. Yep. Yeah. Alrighty, so that's uh, your two, two points. Yeah, we're moving to one point. Let's go with yours. I went with uh, Matt Burton, which you've highlighted yep. as two points. I must say, just I know you've already said mm. everything, but that forty twenty needs to be mentioned twice. Yeah, that's how good it was. That's yep. it. And then. Um, for my one point, I've gone Matt Dufty. Ever since that game against uh, Penrith where he had a shocker, I really feel like he stood up in all three games. I'm not saying um, the game against South was probably his, his number one game out of the last three, but I think he's really stood up. Um, he had 16 runs, 129 metres, five tackle breaks, uh, a line break assist and a try assist. Uh, Matty Dufty is in a uh, state to get into a rich, rich grade of form for mine. I'm going to add to the Dufty before yep. 
Go ahead. Yeah, because I thought he played well. Um, yeah. Very close to getting a point for me. Um, I think, you know, how, the, you know, good players and good teams, you know, that saying good players, good teams responds after a bad after a bad performance. Yeah. Like, you know, it shows, I'm not saying that Matt Duffy's out, out there superstar or great of the yeah. game as yet. He's still young enough to make a very big impact in the, the game if he mm. gets to that stage. But his attitude... He must have a good attitude, uh, despite what you hear from the Dragons. To have a player play, you know, everyone's going to have a bad game in them mm-hmm. throughout their career, and more than one. And it's how you bounce back. They always hear, like, you know, how good teams, when a good team loses a game they're meant to win, you can tell how good a team is when they lose against the team they're meant to beat, how they bounce back the next week. 100%. And that uh, goes the same to players as well. And Dafty went from having one of the worst possible games you can wish for as fullback to then coming back and then playing his hand very well, even in some losses, and then obviously now a win, and doing everything he possibly can to get the Bulldogs over the line in the last three weeks. Yeah. Uh, just some special, uh, I guess, mentions for players. Um, Paul Vaughan put in another great performance. I think I'm lucky to miss out on points completely there. Uh, 15 runs for 141 metres, 63 uh, post-contact and 26 tackles. I think there's no doubting that he is the leader of the pack. He's taken over Luke Thompson for mine out there. Uh, Tavita Pengai Jr., I thought he had a really good game too. Uh, 16 runs, 118 metres, 44 post-contact metres and 31 tackles. Uh, Good to see him getting his defensive effort up. And uh, Max King, who got a bit of a round of applause Applause, sorry, not applause. Uh, when he came off, he played 40 minutes in that lock forward position. 11 runs to 94 metres, 48 post-contact, though. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's been a... He's becoming a Bulldogs icon <laughs> in a oh, short time. He's a, a fan favourite. Already. Um, um, I'm, I'm not adding any players to that. I just, just just interesting thought that you highlighted two players that I wanted to highlight, Paul Vaughan and Max King. I mm. swear, I, they played more of three middles yeah uh, I, I think Paul Vaughan did a little bit more ball playing a little bit more than he would normally do not mm. saying he did overly a lot so I wonder if technically Max King filled in that front row and shuffled Vaughan but I mean suppose if he played with three middles like that it doesn't really matter just Paul Vaughan might have put more onus on him just passing the ball a little bit more to try to catch out defence yeah absolutely um, but yeah Kingy yeah, got a big applause that's right. It's good to have a lot of players being mentioned in this um, segment now, isn't it? Uh, Player of the Year awards. Uh, I'll tell you what, we've done our three, two, ones. We'll go through the top five or so on the ladder at the moment. And the Bulldogs recruitment team, don't listen to this podcast, I'm sure. But if they were, I think they'd be quite pleased. Because in number one position, it's still Paul Vaughan. On yep. 16 points, so maybe he just didn't need the points. <laughs> That's why he didn't get any. I don't know. Matt Burden at number two on 11 points. He was actually... Yep, on 11 Pulled points. three points. He's done really yeah. well. Just recently pulled three points in the last game. Yep. And then in third place at the moment is Josh Adokar, who's on eight points. He was actually quite low on our, our list until this game. So I think he only had two points. He's got six of his eight. Yep. Uh it just keeps happening. It keeps continuing, I should say. Fourth place is Max King, uh, tied with Braden Burns and Matt Dufty on seven. Are we going to see an old bulldog in here? And then in fifth place, it's Corey Waddell on six. He's the oldest bulldog there. <laughs> and he's barely played. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so uh, and he's tied with Kyle Flanagan, who's on six. That is a bit of a drop back to a, a host of players on three points. I'll just mention them anyway. Why not? Jackson, Marshall King, Thompson, Carraz, and Shop. Wake was on one point, and that rounds out the, the list at this stage of the season. But yes, recruitment team doing well. Yeah, they should pat on the back. Give them a good one. But yeah, geez, that didn't realize when you went for the list. I didn't before I the just, show. I just noticed it as I was yeah, going before to the, the show. I didn't, yeah, I didn't put two to two together. Like when you were saying the players, I was like, nice, nice, yeah. Because I give the points sometimes. I don't keep the tally. So I get yeah. sometimes in surprise. I'm like, oh, really? He's up there. And I realize I'm the one giving him points every week. All right. Time for Bulldogs lose. Yeah. So I've, I've only got the one piece, unless if I'm missing something. I've been very, very busy this week. And yeah. uh, I've just the just discussion, I suppose, about Matt Burton looking to uh, set uh What's the wording? Test the the open market. That's what it is. Yeah, after only playing eight games for the Bulldogs. Uh, I did hear uh, something today that um, that's very unlikely. Well, I want to say after the game, he was interviewed Mm. uh, by the the fill and ground announcer for those who are at the game. And... He spoke. I was trying. I couldn't get all of it because the Bulldogs fans—they went absolutely nuts. The nine thousand of them who were there. Um, but what he said was based pretty much all about the fans. That win it's for you guys. You guys brought us over the line, and it was like a lot of love, like a lot of yeah, yeah talk. So when I hear that type of stuff, I genuinely think that yeah, he might. His manager well, might be saying, I'm going to test the open market and see what the Bulldogs are going to do for beyond next year because he's obviously still with the club next season. Yeah. Um, see the, the way Bulldogs look to offer 200000 more, 300000 yeah, whatever it look, is. We've seen the way he reacted to the wheel as well, like straight away, pumping the pumping the logo and, and all that sort of stuff. I think he's, he's committed to, well, hopefully, he's committed to being at the Bulldogs for a long time and uh, being that player who's going to, you know, really take us off that Jonathan Thurston of the Cowboys. Mm. That type of player. I'm not saying he's going to be the heights of Jonathan Thurston, but that type of thing. First went to the Cowboys and took him off the canvas, that type of thing uh, going forward. But he is on a small contract. We did sign him before he had his massive year against the, uh, uh, for the Panthers, sorry, not against the Panthers. Uh, one centre of the, daily centre of the year, and he's doing really well at, at lock. Uh, I was surprised at the timing of the story, but... Uh, and we've seen the way Gus has worked um, while at the Panthers. Gus will look after him. He'll get an upgraded deal probably at the end of this year. Um, it'll probably yeah. extend as well. So I don't think at this point there's too much to worry about in that regard. Yeah, that's what that was pretty much what I was going with there. Because usually, you know, when players are thing, and then another thing, it could be a manager's thing. You know, he can go up to another club, and another club could say, well, even though he, they can't negotiate with Burden, but they could be saying we could. Would yeah. have someone like seven hundred, eight hundred thousand for someone like him right now, yeah. and then the Bulldogs have him for reportedly. Again, this is reportable figures, so please yeah. don't note it as fact, as one hundred percent fact. They set records on about five fifty right now, and then they could he could go back to Burton and say this club right now, if they had the opportunity to sign you next year, could give you seven, eight, whatever it is. Yeah, well, I actually thought it was a less than that. So, um, but again, it's again reportable figures. He could be on four. Yeah. He could be on six. Yeah, I thought it was between 200 and 400. Um, but, yeah, look, 
I think the dogs are in a good position as well. Like he's already signed for next year. Um, on a, again a lower deal, but I'd, I'd imagine part of an upgrade slash extension would be a slight upgrade on his deal next year, and then a really big increase for the next he's year done. that he's technically off con- not on contract. Uh, and I, I don't know. I, I hoping and predicting that by the end of the year he'll sign a new contract with the Bulldogs. It'll be an upgraded contract. It'll be longer and for more money, and everyone will be happy. I will be. Thank you. Uh, Alrighty, all done. Well, we got the Bulldogs vs Raiders coming up this week. Oh, right. we just skipped. <laughs> I'm so happy with the win. I'm, I'm ready to give up to finish the year. <laughs> uh, my favorite state win uh, going into work and everyone, you know, oh, they won a game and you guys carry on like that. My favorite saying is, "You're only as good as your last game," and <laughs> we're one of eight teams that are winners. That's it. We're in a yeah. winner's circle. I'll tell you what, though, and this is what I was going to get to a bit earlier. Um, you do, you, look, you don't want to get ahead of yourself. And I, I remember driving home thinking, oh, it's just one win. It was a good win. It was a, you could say yeah, it was a really good win. But at the end of the day, it's just one win. It'll be interesting to see how we perform in the next couple of weeks. Um, and then I looked at the draw and saw the Raiders. Now, the Raiders have a lot of their own problems going on at the moment. No first-choice halfback, no first-choice hooker. Uh, fullbacks playing off the no, bench. Yeah, first-choice 5'8". Yeah, Whiten now as well, isn't it? Uh, so, and Croker coming back for his first game. Um, so we'll see what, what that means, uh, good or bad. Um, I think we'll win. Yeah, well, I think we have to. And I think we could go being a, being a little bit cheeky. I know we don't want to look too far ahead, but we've got Newcastle a week after. Yeah. We could just go three in a row. It's quietly yeah, we- on the bottom, just moving up that ladder. You never know. We could be out of the eight. I also want to add Billy Sarikas, who did play for the Bulldogs. I forgot to add, will miss this match due to suspension. Hip drop. Copped, yeah, copped a week suspension. So he's out, but he's replaced by Josh Jackson. Tell you what. Who the then week, moves King to the bench. The week won't be, um, the week punishment won't be as bad as what he's going to cop off those kids when he goes back to school, though. Yeah. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of chat about the hip drop. Especially when that might come to a detention time or something like that. Uh, well, he's he's got a win now across the board. And when you actually, when you interviewed after the Broncos, it kind of felt like you know he got this one game, and that might be the end of Billy. But, you know, oh, as yeah. in a role career, and then he got another game and won. Going into that game, you could say that both for Billy and um, Karaz as well. Except for the fact that Karaz absolutely brained it, and I'm sure he'll be going for a position come round the 11. But um, mm. you could have been forgiven for thinking that was going to be it for those two, just given the circumstances. Mm, All right, yeah, team so lineup. You touched yeah. on it. I'll go through one through 17. Dufty's the fullback again, the informed fullback. The wingers, Brent Maiden returns after missing last week. There was a medical issue, was there? The baby was born. Yeah, so he's. Yeah, so he had COVID two weeks ago. Then now he's had his first child mm-hmm. um, and apparently very long labor, very close to the game, and he missed a lot of training. So they decided it was better for the team and that Ockenball filled in for all the sessions. That would be better for the team that if Ockenball took the place and maybe yep. spent some time home. With- Adekar's on the other wing. Uh, five tries at Adekar all of a sudden. Worried about his scoring ability in the blue and white and in the last three weeks. Bang, 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 bang. In the centres, Aaron Shop and Jake Avarillo. Uh, in the halves, Burton and Flanagan. 
Thompson and Vaughan at the front row. Marshall King's at hooker. Waddell, Pengai Jr. at uh, second row. Jackson returns at lock. Uh, off the bench, Bailey Bialdiota. How much time did he get? Four minutes, minutes. Three. Oh, my goodness. Okay. It worked. It was, I also I had a bit of a chuckle to myself because I, I saw uh, Trent Barrett speaking to Bailey as he's going on the field uh, with three minutes to go, <laughs> giving him some instruction on what to do, uh, as if it was like a planned move. <laughs> this was the um, <laughs> you got time to shine, Bailey. Off you go. Um, the rest of the bench: Joe Stimson, Max King, and Ava Sinamanathangai. Uh, the reserve list for this week: the 18th man replacement is Jackson. Lett. Toppany, uh, the rest of them, Joshua Cook, Brandon Wakeham, Reese Hoffman, uh, who played out of position last week in the Lucifer's Cup and did fairly well, Jada Lockerbar, Paul Alamotti, and Chris Patolo. Uh, ben mm. Cummins, again, this week. Oh, God, I even looked that low. I thought he would have not been... Refer- okay, it doesn't matter. Um, I was going to say, how did you always know the 18th replacement? Because you've been saying it all week. I always thought the NRL put the numbers completely <laughs> wrong because you always see, mostly see the 18 on the bottom. And I think, why do they keep putting the 18 or the 19 on the bottom? Yeah, It says it down on the bottom, replacement, and the rest of the reserves. Yeah, there you go. But they could also be changed at the moment. I actually feel uh, kind of sorry for Reese Hoffman in the sense of um, he definitely plays against Brisbane. Yeah. If you didn't, it was one, wasn't one of the players who got COVID. Um, so, you had a good trial for him, too. I'll tell you what, just while we're touching on it, um, it um, while we're touching on it, last week, this was Cup, Bears versus Bulldogs. Very upset with the timing. Um, yes, we heard the last podcast, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but I did get to watch it on KO. Uh, the wife was happy she didn't have to sit through an hour of uh, nothingness between. <laughs> Hey, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, I didn't realize that until at the game. I was didn't do the maths in my head between the game slots. Yeah. I was thinking, geez, that's a. That, I thought at first that's a long gap. Could, could have uh, put on the figures because the Fox Sports pregame show starts an hour before the the LRL. That's why. Um, first half, Bears Bulldogs. The game itself was enjoyable, but Bears Bulldogs first half really high quality. Good game. Mm, I mean, I would have liked it closer to kickoff because yeah, crowd. I would have enjoyed. It. I actually, feel like Bears missed the uh, opportunity. Well, that much bigger crowd. <laughs> no, but you know there yeah, was probably yeah. about a hundred or probably about three, four hundred people at the start of that game. There, it was a very no real queue, and you can't blame people for a very long day when you have an hour gap. Between yeah. you can understand why they came in for flag over the cup, but in saying that, I really feel like the Bears missed an opportunity. They're marking a marketing opportunity for this game. Um, they got the bid for those. You know, do they? Do they? Because where is it? Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm saying they, they came with this big news story November or December last year, and mm. I thought this game's on Foxtel. I'm pretty sure it might have been one of their first ones. Doesn't matter. At a core stadium, you can get relatively cheap tickets. Adult tickets start from twenty dollars at a core. Um, family deals are from fifty dollars. Um, and then obviously you got your concession and children tickets underneath that, right? I really felt they could have had an opportunity where they could have took bus loads. They could have said, this is our time to shine because we're on Foxtel. It's also an away game. Yeah. And they could have either chose to sit in Roosters GA or the side where the Roosters supporter base sat. And they could have packed a bale or two out. Or just create their own. Just well, show yeah. up. Well, yeah, but they shot, yeah, I'm just saying behind the goalposts. Like, I know it might not yeah. be the best for you, but you do it right behind the goalposts. Two reasons you do it behind the goalposts, because you know for sure you'll be on TV. 
Yeah. You'll just you just be on TV no matter what is happening either end of the field. Fox League would have made a massive mention of it. And do you think that would have made the news? Thinking, geez, why is there like 2,000, 3,000 reserve grade fans? Yeah. And they could have just sat in a massive bay together. And then you know what they could have done? Stayed after the game and watched the Roosters and Bulldogs play, or the Little Roosters play, in the bay, sitting in the exact same bay. And then people who weren't aware that, you know, who might only watch the NRL... Mm. I mean, like, why are why is there Bears fans there? Well, they played the New South Cup, you know. Yeah, I, I will say. Oh, it's a bit funny. Okay, not a hundred percent sure. I was going to say last year the Bears played Blacktown Sea Eagles at North City Oval. I think that was on the week of the rep footy. Rep footy, and they yeah, played Thursday. Yeah. Thursday, um, played Thursday night football. I was going to say, I thought that was happening again this week. It doesn't look like, uh, this year, it doesn't look like it is. Uh, and I thought maybe they'll be holding off to that. I'm not saying that your points are invalid. I'm going to say maybe they're holding off onto that. But I've had a quick look at the draw as you were making your points. They do have a standalone game at North City in round 10, which is Magic Round. Okay. At 12, at 12, 10 p.m. on Foxtel. So they have another opportunity. I, I know what you're saying. I agree. They could have made a, a statement. Uh, they didn't. Fair enough. Um, tell you what, well, I'm, I want to be supportive with the Bears coming back, but I can't get any information about what's happening. So hopefully, by that game, I don't think <laughs> they know what's happening. Oh, well, they're not going to come back, then, are they? Anyway, this is I not was, a Bears podcast. I know, but I was just thinking it would have been mad. It would have been cool. It would have had Bears, and then people who would have came in before the flag, and or you know those who just come in for the NRL. Yeah. turn their head to the right or the left, wherever they're sitting, or next to them, and be like, oh, there's a lot of Bears fans just sitting there, or what are they doing here, like type of thing. It creates conversation. Yeah. That's where I'm going with that. And I would have seen the team one, too. That's another reason. <laughs> they're doing well. All right. Uh, yeah. Old dog time. Old dog. I've gone with uh, a very famous last name in football. Yep. So I want to see if you get it. Mm. Um, he's... A brother who played with us. Yeah. You gonna you gonna go for a guess? It's um, the other Mortimer. No, it's not a Mortimer at no, all. It's not Blood Mortimer. He didn't play for us. That, that's right. <laughs> I'm, right. Actually, I'm actually going with uh, Luke Goodwin. Oh, his yeah. younger brother Bryson played uh, yeah. played with us, and you know his father. Oh, yep. God, now I've got, forgot his father's name. Played for the Dragons and George Dragons. Scored the try. Ted Goodwin. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot his name. Sorry. Very famous uh, rugby yep. league. And you said to keep it up to players who might not have played too many games. He's been a, he's been around. Uh, you know, he started at Penrith Panthers in '92. He came to Canterbury for a couple of seasons. He for 15 games. Uh, Western. He was Western Reds and then over the Super League, then back to the Western Suburbs Magpies. But another thing for Luke Goodwin, he actually works a part of the Bulldogs uh, education team mm-hmm. uh, currently. So he's not just an old dog. He's still a a current dog, I guess, um, teaching the players and the younger players and all the way up to the NRL squad, but a big focus on the younger players on, you know, how to be good people, how to, you know, helping them with jobs and stuff like that on that side of things. Outside the um, outside of football, and you know, setting up life outside of football, 
as mm. well for players and stuff like that. And, you know, with the NRL players more pushing the education and or getting them ready for employment for life after footy. So he's still a part of that team. Uh, talented player, didn't play overly many games, but still, you know, kicking goals post-career with his involvement with the club. He's been with the Bulldogs for quite a while now. Yeah, and I guess the thing that you, you failed to mention there is that he played in a test match, played in the 2000 World Cup for New Zealand Maori up against Samoa. They lost 21-16 in Workington um, over in England. Uh, kicked two goals, though, so he's got four international uh, World Cup points there. Mm, uh, yeah, well well done. He was very good again, again at researching players quite quickly and uh, knowing what Workington is straight away. Just, just off the top of my head. I was off the top of my head, the Luke Goodwin facts. You just pulled it out of the <laughs> yeah, library of the it, head. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, so I picked him, but I've also picked him because highlighting post-career and still being involved. Mm-hmm. And then obviously those who might not know who he is, uh, Bryson being his younger brother coming in. And Bronx Goodman, yes, correct. Very famous uh, rugby league surname. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Bryson coming in a lot, uh, a fair bit later to the Bulldogs uh, from Luke. So, and then, yeah, continue the Goodman name in the Bulldogs. And, you know, Luke's still at the Bulldogs. You know, we spoke to Barry Ward on the podcast before, leaving, coming back. There's something about it feeling like home. So I wonder if that's the case for Luke as well. We might have to ask him to get on the podcast. Yeah, I can. No, <laughs> we can. We can always. We can always ask. See what happens. All right. Well, it was good to have a win last week. Hopefully, it can continue. There's no reason why it can't. Hopefully, the Raiders don't decide this is the week for the bounce back. Uh, but a trip away to Canberra is never easy. But um, tell you what, if Canberra played the way they have been the last couple of weeks, I think we're definitely within a chance. Um, and to get a couple of wins in a row at this stage would be fantastic. Um, So until next week, it's goodbye from me. See you guys. Let's go for another win.